0: Are you kidding me? You are
1: looking long. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome in, welcome in. Winning cures everything. It is Friday, January 22nd. I'm Gary. I'm Chris, and much to discuss today. Lots of sporting news and whatnot. We will talk about MMA. We will talk about the NFL. We will talk about uh, you know a couple of greats that died uh, today, and um, and we will talk about some hires and some firings and some other things that are going on. It's a it's a packed sports day. So of course you knew we were going to be here. We're going to talk about it, and uh, and good gracious. First things first, though. Winningcureseverything.com is the website. You can find everything you need to know about us, everywhere that you need to be subscribed, everywhere that you need to uh, follow us, etc. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on all that good stuff. And if you ever miss the live show, you can always grab the podcast for sure. Um, Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast app is, Apple Podcasts is where you can go and leave a nice written five-star review. We would certainly appreciate that. Akbar jumps in already on YouTube. He said, "Hello, guys." Terry said, "What's up?" I'm in quarantine now. The wife got the COVID, so don't go and break it. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've been there before, brother. Uh, it, a lot of close contacts. My daughter actually was a close contact uh, and just found out today, so she will not be coming over this weekend. Um, just kind of a mess. Kind of a mess. Um, so let's. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Winningcureseverything.com. The podcast sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. That is where you can find all of your college football gambling content that you could ever possibly need. Very easy to do. You can also find our show over there. We are doing uh, at least one show a week, if not more. We're handling the offseason like champs. We are staying on with Sportsbook Review. You can go and search it out on YouTube. Just search out SBR Picks and... It'll pop up right there on your feed. So, very easy to do. Middle of the week, we will have a show every single week. There are 31 weeks in the off-season. We have already knocked out the first one, so go make sure you are subscribed over there. We will start off today's show. Uh, A lot of you guys have jumped in and seen over the past the gigantic, gargantuan uh, Great Dane dog that has routinely been behind me during the show. Uh, she passed away this morning at the grand age of 11 and boy, she handled it like a champ. Went peacefully. Uh, wife is a little, uh, upset. I will admit I was rather upset. Um, so. Well, I mean, she had the dog longer than she's had me. So it makes sense. But, uh, but Sook passed away this morning peacefully. Uh, it was, you know, we didn't have to call anybody. We didn't have to make her uncomfortable. She had a blanket over the whole time. She was, you know. And she just went. So it was. Uh, I have never been in a situation where I saw another living thing take its last breath. So that was a little. So, weird. so the
1: last dog I had is the first dog that I've ever had that situation with, and I don't. I don't know that outside of like, yeah, like crushing bugs, um, I've ever. You know. Yeah. I've I, ever seen anything like that. I was uh, I was told that uh that I used to I wasn't to shoot a hunter. Birds. I wasn't a fisherman like I didn't you yeah. know un- unlike most of the people in Mississippi that we grew up with that's not our forte.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. You're uh, you're 100% right. Terry said it's sad to hear. Akbar said RIP. Uh she was the highlight of the show. Uh I I believe that. And McKinnon said Happy Friday boys going to miss my girl Sook, truly one of the best dogs I've ever known. And she certainly was. So she was uh she was a diva in her own right. But uh but a good dog nonetheless. And, uh, and now she's not in pain anymore. She went peacefully. It's all in all, you know, a good thing. We're going to miss her. We uh, we love her. But uh, now I have to deal with this little, you know, yip-yip mutt dog that we have, Sissy, that will uh, never leave this planet. Uh, she is uh, a roach. And <laughs> she... <laughs> she can but kill us all. Yeah, she'll, she'll be around uh, way past the apocalypse. I will tell you that. So... Uh, so, we do have that, but, uh, but Sook, you know, R.I.P. to her, and, um, you know, my, my wife is handling it like a champ. Uh, I, I thought it would be bad, but, uh, but she's been uh, really impressive. A lot of strength, you know, I, I thought it was going to be awful, but, uh, but she's been okay. So, uh, it's been a long day at the house. Uh, she got about an hour of sleep last night. I got about four. We, uh, we traded off, um, you know, time last night because it, it was, last night was awful. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it, it, she went about 7.45 this morning. Um, I had gotten up about 5.30, 5.45, and kind of taken over for my wife. And, yeah, so is what it is. We will no longer have Sook as a highlight on the show, but uh, Sissy will be here to fill in from time to time. Uh, McKinnon said, never forget the classic sitting half on the couch and half on the floor. Uh, believe that. Believe that. Um, yeah, so my my house will be a lot cleaner going forward. I can guarantee you that. So... <laughs> Uh, we will talk about somebody else that we lost uh today and that would be Hammer and Hank Aaron. I would say um probably the most famous baseball player outside of Babe Ruth. Is is that fair to say?
1: I don't I don't know if that's true, but I he's one of the most
2: beloved. I will maybe maybe that's a better word for it. Um maybe most beloved because it, he he came in at a time, you know. We were both born in the early '80s, so obviously, most most guys that were born around that time period uh, were baseball fans, and you know that was just one of the biggest names because he was he was a legend of the sport that was on his way out and and all that, and it just it, you always heard about Hammer and Hank,
1: and well, I mean, mainly his time to- his time. In, in Atlanta was a big deal because the Turner network, that's kind of the closest place to us growing up outside of St. Louis. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I, I just think there's a, there's a little bit of a connection with us more than with, you know, some people, if you grew up in Milwaukee, or if you grew up in Atlanta or a fan of one of those teams, one of those cities, he uh he's definitely, you know, an icon and even if you didn't grow up a fan of one of those teams historical you you know baseball you follow baseball before the steroid era he's he's the greatest he's the greatest home run hitter of all time
2: yeah yeah before the steroid era most certainly uh terry said uh as far as most beloved and whatnot no that would be mr cub ernie banks uh i don't i don't know but i don't
1: think it's, it's hard to put a most beloved because every fan base is gonna have their guy.
2: That's 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 gonna be the hardest
1: thing. He was universally loved though. He was universally loved. I don't know that many people said any bad things about him. Um you wanted to tell a cool story we oh, learned about today. Yeah yeah
2: yeah so the, the Darren Ravel story. Um let yeah. me pull up the uh let me pull up the chat here um because this thing was I thought
1: this I've heard a lot so I grew up From the age of like 13 to 15, I was obsessed with baseball. At one point in time, I could have told you the entire starting lineup, roster, position, everything, starting pitchers and most relief pitchers of all at that point in time, probably 28. And and then as it got bigger, 30 uh, MLB baseball teams. Okay. I was obsessed. I went to card shops and I listened to old men teach me about the game. That was,
2: was one of them, the uh, the Tennessee Tennessee car shop, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, right over yeah. by the
1: Malco uh, movie yep. theater on Winchester. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. You are correct about that. That was a day where my mom would drop me off there and leave oh, and like three same. hours later come back and get me. <laughs> Things you, you just literally, like, they would just pull up with handcuffs if the, the minute I walked out of there if that happened today.
2: Yes. No, you're you're 100% right. Um, all right, so, so the Darren Revel story. Uh, when Milwaukee Brewers second baseman Pedro Garcia first saw Oakland A's bat boy Stanley Burrell, he did a double take. He walked up to the boy and said, damn, you look just like the hammer, talking about the kid's striking facial resemblance to the hammer, Hank Aaron. The resemblance was uncanny. As evidenced from the picture the two took together at a game, uh, Stanley was an ambitious boy. He worked for the A's for eight seasons and was much more than a bat boy, becoming a favorite of A's owner, Charlie Finley. When the boy grew up, he got into music and he was fairly good at it. On his way to stardom, he realized Stanley Burrell wasn't quite catchy enough, so he thought back to his days as a ball boy and of Pedro Garcia and of Hank Aaron, and he named himself MC Hammer. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, so I've (laughs) heard a lot of Hank Aaron stories from a lot of different people in that time growing up, and I've never heard that story. No. That's a cool story.
2: I, I had no idea that MC Hammer was named after Hammer and Hank Aaron. Yeah, he he
1: gave himself that name after Hank Aaron. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's pretty good stuff. Pretty
2: good stuff. All right, uh, Terry said, I think the next universally loved ball player will be Anthony Rizzo. Everyone loves him. (laughs) Come on, Terry. (laughs) Uh, Casey said, uh, Gary, did you get time to check if there's uh, any opposite line movement on the totals this weekend for the playoff? I did not. Uh, For those that have already missed, uh, we we lost Sook last night, or, well, this morning. Uh, May as well have been last night. Uh, So, I I did not have time to look into anything that anybody asked me on Twitter last night. I apologize. But I I will get to it before the games, I swear. Uh, DFS Bachelor, our buddy Kyle jumps in. Hey, everybody, make sure to go check out the SBR NFL show. Obviously, things are winding down a little bit, but it's the playoffs, and we got a lot to talk about. So, Kyle and uh, Donnie will be be handling all of that business. Uh, DFS Bachelor, of course, Kyle, said, Some might say that's too legit. Talking about the MC Hammer story.
0: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Uh let's let's talk a little NFL news right quick. And so we obviously did our previews and whatnot on Wednesday. But today we find out A B is not gonna be on the trip
1: to um to Green Bay. And Yeah, that one shocks me.
2: That's uh that's kind of a big deal,
1: I think. Yeah, I, th- I do think it was a big deal. I think one of Brady's biggest assets with Tampa Bay is just over. he doesn't have the live arm that Aaron Rodgers has. He's not the goat that he was in his prime growing up. He is obviously, you know, he needs weapons. Yeah. And, and one of the way you're going to take down the guy probably playing the best football right now is with just a litany of weapons that nobody can guard losing a B I think is important. I think it's a big deal. It's it's, Um, who
2: he's most comfortable with. I think.
1: Man, I don't even I mean, know if it's of- that. It's just it's just another guy that can yeah. get open, make a play. It's that type of thing. All I can hope for is it doesn't matter. It's not gonna be necessary.
2: Yeah. Uh McKinnon jumps in. Chris, you're gonna say I was right about my homeboy?
1: No, I about my homes? I, no, there was zero there was zero chance he wasn't playing in this yeah. game.
2: That's a, we, like what were we What are you talking yeah, about? What were we even talking about? I don't even know what <laughs> I don't know what the uh, what what we were talking about being right about. Um, let's see. Terry said, "Can't trust '90s rappers" because Vanilla Ice said if there was a problem he would solve it, and he ain't done shit to help with COVID. <laughs> Terry coming in with these one-liners today, man. Absolutely love it. Um, so, hey, let's, so AB being out seems like a pretty big deal. We'll see. I mean, there are still a ton of weapons in Tampa Bay. They still got a ton of
1: weapons. It's just it, it, Tom. Tom is at a point now where where losing guys hurts him.
2: Hey, uh, Brandon Cooper jumps in. He said, A.B. is a distraction for Godwin and Evans to go off.
1: Mm, maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't. This is, this, is, this is the same, the same category of people, your ilk, Gary, that think the Browns are better without without uh, Odell, Odell Beckham. Like, like, no, no. As a quarterback, you want as many elite pass catchers as you can get. That's just that that nobody says, I want some of these guys to be gone. I know I want all of them. I want them all. (laughs) And if they all yell that they're not getting the ball enough, that's fine. That's for me to deal with. I would still rather have guys that are good than guys that are not. That's That's, just it. That's fair. That's fair. Okay.
2: Uh, Casey (laughs) said the Packers have a great secondary, but not much pass rush. Brady should be able to fit them in the windows. Uh, Bucks have a weak secondary, but a a good pass rush. So Rodgers will have to be quick. Um, he said if the Packers can get a pass rush, the Bucks are going to be in trouble. And, you know, we talked about this uh, a little bit the other day, but, you know, there's there's so much more to this game um, than just pass rush and, and secondary and whatnot. Like, it, being able to run the football is a, a key ingredient here for both teams. Um, yeah,
1: I do think both teams need to find a way to run the football.
2: Uh, a Kyle said, don't be surprised if Tyler Johnson leads the Bucks in receiving this week. I'll, I'll, be, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, be surprised. Brandon said no. I'm saying when he's in the game, he helps them get open. So his absence is going to hurt the Bucks. Yeah, I could. Okay, I could. Yeah. I could buy that. I, I mean, how how often do you really have all three on the field at the same time in that offense? Um, and it's. I mean, it, it may be more than I than I feel like it is. I just don't feel like I see it all that much. It's
1: usually there to start the game, and then obviously guys rotate in and out.
2: Yeah. So. So. All right, uh, let's move on. Oh no, 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 uh, Mahomes. So Mahomes cleared. Yeah, Mahomes cleared. We kind of figured it's fine.
1: It. There's no doubt he's going to play. They're going to put a needle on his toe, and it's going to be fine.
2: I I really, I the more I think about this because we talked about it the other day, and it was, yeah. you know, how is he going to like? Is he going to be able to move around? Is he going to be able to? No. no, he's
1: going to be fine. He's going to be fine. It's so going to be fine.
2: It just, you know, I, I think it's going to be an outstanding ball game. I still like the Bills to win because I don't know that you can just flip a switch. But, uh,
1: yeah, I, no, think well, I definitely like the Bills to cover. And with all the information we're getting with Mahomes coming, definitely being there. Uh, Casey said money's about to roll in on the Chiefs. Yeah, wait till closer to game time. Th- this number might get up to four. So
2: McKinnon said uh, Chris said that he didn't believe me that um, Holmes oh, didn't God. have a concussion. he's
1: just defending himself yes i I said I'm not listening to a chiefs fan give me static about how it's not a concussion. It doesn't matter it, it, what if you what they said is exactly what you said which might be right it might be bullshit. either way he's playing. I never doubted that he wouldn't play. At all. He could have had the worst concussion anybody's ever had in the history of football. His eyes could be bleeding. He could have blood running out of his ears on Sunday. This week, this Sunday, he'll play. Yeah, There's zero I can, doubt of that. I can buy that. There was never, ever, ever a doubt.
2: He said that's not to say he couldn't have physically done it, just that the NFL rules wouldn't have allowed it unless a medical professional lied yes, their ass off.
1: They would, And they would have lied. You don't think they've lied their ass off in the past? I mean, I can believe it. Come on
2: <laughs> I can't believe it. So I want
1: all, all I want to know is what are the baseline what the rule is he has to pass the baseline. He has to get to the baseline of answering the questions that he answered before. I've had a concussion before. I've been not clean out and a day later I can tell you anything you need to know that I told you six months ago or three months ago or two weeks ago, okay? Like when you're knocked out, there's an area of time that you can't account for. But outside of that, you don't forget things three, four months back unless you've been knocked out several times and you start having brain damage. Yep. But so so the fact is his all he had to do was be able to clear his what would considered his baseline from the start of the season. Well, hell, anybody's gonna be able to do that unless these guys are just really, really brain damaged.
2: Yeah. Brandon said, uh, "I think he did have a concussion. The way he wobbled getting up, uh, but man. they are still going to rush him in." Uh, Terry said, oh, no, "Mahomes," no, no. he said, "Mahomes is going to end up talking like Aikman, talking crazy in the TV booth ten years from now." Uh,
1: Golly, a- Aikman does sound like he's starting to lose it, man. Yeah, that no, dude's got a hum in the drum, bad. You got that
2: right. Uh, Kyle said, "Mahomes' head could have fallen off, and the NFL would have just built a robot clone of his head, attached yep. it, run the promos. No way he wasn't playing, and obviously get, he was a, get a little duct tape." Yeah. Uh, Casey said it was all about getting some early money on the bills, um, and then Casey said Mahomes has a baked-in excuse for losing as the number one seed. Uh, maybe I mean, yeah, they, you can always find any kind of reason. Well,
1: yeah, all these guys have excuses. Everybody, everybody's yeah. got excuses. You we got we right? love nothing more in our country than for somebody to be a victim of something. Oh, so percent yes. no. I mean that is that is, man, that is that is earmark number one. How can I make myself a victim?
2: Now, McKinnon says, I, I honestly don't think they could today with players being able to sue both their franchises and the NFL if anything permanent happened, especially a half billion dollar player. Well, here's the issue the player would have it, to sign off on it.
1: The high player's going to have to sign off on it. Yeah. So he's got to choose to go out there and play.
2: Yep. Now, if he, once if he, he didn't does want to, that, we, no more lawsuit. We have seen a guy pull himself out of a, uh, an NFC championship game. That was Jay Cutler. Like yeah. he was dealing with an injury and, yeah.
1: he, and tore, he, he tore his ACL.
2: Yeah. And everybody blasted him like your leg didn't fall off get back out there you know oh my
1: gosh it was so ridiculous too yeah so ridiculous that guy caught flack tore his ACL and they were like why didn't you finish the game yes just Maurice Jones Drew looking at you (laughs) I would have played through it oh really you would have you've never came out of a game ever due to injury not once
2: I'm willing to bet more than likely he has oh uh, I remember let's see. that
1: day. I remember that game. I remember everything about that. As soon as you said that, At Bf-
2: Hey, Hey, Kyle said uh, Philip Rivers did it, and Terry said Mahomes wouldn't have let them sit him for this game. He was going to play no matter what.
1: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent right. This is. Now, this I remember is River- Rivers played with an, a torn ACL. You can, that's fine. But I'm not going to crush a guy for for coming out with once he knows his knees torn up. Like
2: this is why you play the game is yeah. to to win and get to a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you've already been to one, it doesn't matter if you've won one, it doesn't matter how many you've won. You want to get there again every time. It's it's hunger. And I'm some sure. guys have it, some guys don't. I think Patrick Mahomes has it. So, uh moving on, let's talk about UFC 257 and write my times down here so I can tag everything later. Uh my, me. UFC 257. Saturday night. Chris, you'll be over here at the house. We will uh, we will actually be in person together. I don't think we're going to live stream this, so <laughs> but we're going to have a good time uh, watching Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler. Uh, now there are other fights, of course. Those are the two main car or uh, the main card highlights, right? Um, you know, I it, let, let's talk about the the first one. Uh, Hooker is like a minus one forty favorite and I think he's going to kill Chandler. Like, I, I've I watched both of these guys fight uh, Chandler at his his prior place a little bit, and then his fights in the UFC, you know, they've kind of set him up to where he was going to win those fights. Like, it, let's just yeah. make it easy. Um, Hooker, on the other hand, you know, coming off of a loss, like all this different kind of stuff, I, I like, I think Dan Hooker's going to kill him. Like, I, I I think that he is going to destroy Michael Chandler, Um you know, Chandler is is the new face, the, the new pretty boy, and everybody likes him and all that, but I, I think the majority of fans realize because the, he opened it like a minus 125 favorite, Hooker did. Um, and I, there's the the style of fighting going on here. It plays perfectly for Hooker. Now, there's a way for Chandler to win. There's always a way in the UFC, but uh, but it Chandler's got kind of a weak chin, and he throws too hard. Uh, it, unless he has changed his style... I I think Dan Hooker uh, handles this one. So I'm I'm already betting Dan Hooker minus 140. Uh well, I got him at minus 130. It's 140 today. I'd take it there as well. I think there's value there. Yeah. Uh now well, let's I think
1: I think you're right. My only problem is 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 strikers like Chandler, they just need one. They just need to connect once. No, that's, that's true. the only fear of that. Is, yeah, but, is, but,
2: but but Hooker is a striker as well. I no, I know that. I know that. I think but better. I'm just saying like I, I, he why, he can take a pound. Yeah. No you you're right. You're 100% mm-hmm. right. It's 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 kind of you a You can like a
1: pounding, but at some point in time it's not about how strong you are. You can be the strongest toughest guy in the world. You get hit the right way, you're just it's going lights out.
2: No, I mean so you're you're right. There's there's something about Dan Hooker that kind of reminds me of Nate Diaz at least with the uh at least with his chin. You know? Like that's that's what I'm saying. He can he can take those punches. It's uh, like Tony Ferguson, right? We've seen Tony Ferguson take some punches. Uh yeah. the fact that Gaethje didn't, didn't finish him until the very end of the fight in that thing before, uh, before the Gaethje-Habib uh, uh, fight and all that. Yeah. Um, Ferguson could take punches. I think Hooker can take punches as well. Uh, I know for a fact that Chandler cannot. So, uh, let's talk about the the main event here, and this is the one that everybody's interested in. Conor McGregor, the Notorious, and Dustin Poirier, uh, Poirier whatever you want to call it, are the Louisiana boy. We'll say that. Um, he is, like, McGregor's a minus 315 favorite right now, and yep. it's going to keep going up. It's I mean, gonna, I would say,
1: this is, this is one, if you, if you want to take Poirier, you just wait until right at time of fight.
2: Yep. You're correct. Now, I will say this. I think McGregor handles business here. Uh, he has already knocked out How Dustin How long has it been since he's fought? Uh, 20, no, it was just last June. I mean January. Well, last was January. it last January? So okay, yeah, he, so he, full year. He knocked out Cowboy last January.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. That so, wasn't really a fight though. I remember
2: no, that. I mean, it was forty seconds. It was it was nothing. But before that, it was twenty eighteen. Uh but McGregor I was say
1: it's been a long time since he's did, fought somebody. Did you hear
2: that, what McGregor said to uh to Ariel Hawani this week? No. He said he wants to fight seven times in the next eighteen months.
1: I'd like to see him actually do it. I would. He he also said he would fight like nine different people and he never did. So, agreed. Agreed. This is a guy that I love, Connor. Love watching Connor. He's, I'm always going to tune in every time he fights. That's fine. He's getting my money. No problems. But this is a guy that talks a lot of shit and, and he backs it (laughs) up when he fights, but he don't fight a lot.
2: Now, you're, you're right about that. You're right about that. He threatens
1: a lot of people in the, in the bar, but, but he's going to pick one guy, walk outside with him, and then that's it.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Terry said, what, a guy exposed to COVID can't come watch with you?
1: <laughs> no, Terry, no. Not this You time. don't get to come.
2: Nope, nope, absolutely not. Um, So, so here are my bets that I have already placed, okay? Okay. uh, And I've got several of them. I think that this is going to go over one and a half rounds. So, that is minus 150. I think there's value there because the diamond – knows that the best way to beat McGregor is to stretch this thing out. So I think he's going to run for a little bit. Um, He's not going to fly in there like Jose Aldo uh, or the same way that he did back in 2014 when McGregor knocked him out uh, in the first round that go-round. I think he extends this thing out a little bit. Um, So minus 150, I believe that there's value there. I think this thing at least gets to the second round. Uh, I've got McGregor by KO at minus 200. Um, I think there's a little bit of value there. So you know, ten bucks to win five bucks, nothing crazy. But I do think that that is going to be the play because
1: I think that's what's going to happen. Well, um, yeah, if you like McGregor, you want to take it by KO, yeah, because he's not going to submit him. Probably, I mean, it'd be, it'd just be shocking if he submits. It, it would be beyond. And it's not shocking. going to decision. If it goes to decision, he's lost. Yes, I I do believe
2: in that. Um, Kyle jumps in. He said his lock for UFC tomorrow. I like Roundtree a lot uh, to get the number down. I took under one and a half rounds at minus one eighty. Uh, I can I can buy that I can buy that. Um, see, I don't know enough about the the early card to to be willing to put uh, to put my hard earned money down. But uh, but I will say this. Um, I took a flyer a little bit on some plus odds on McGregor. I think he ends up winning this in round two, and you can get that at plus three thirty. Uh, at a couple of different books right now. So you you can go yeah. to sbrodds.com and find a couple of them. So, um, I. That's what I think is going to happen. I think McGregor wins in round two. I think he wins by KO, and uh, I think it goes over one and a half rounds. So minus two hundred, minus one fifty, plus three thirty, and then I've got Hooker minus one forty. Uh, I like all those. So, uh, which are, are you betting anything on uh,
1: on this card? Uh, I might I might find a round or or take Connor to knock him out like you did. Um, I might I might pick around. I'm not laying three thirty or. No. Four hundred or whatever it's gonna end up closing at on, on Connor to win. I'm I'm i just gonna watch the fight if I'm gonna do that. So
2: that's uh yeah, I think I think you got a good point there. Got I'm a good
1: sure point. throughout the night I'll just find a couple of dogs that are strikers and bet on them.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Main card starts at uh at nine PM uh what yeah. central time or eastern time? What is it? Do you remember? I don't know. I will find I'm, out here in I'm while. I'm bad at that. I, I what yeah. I know is that I, I have already bought the fight, so I will be watching. So, you know, I've I've already paid for it. It's done. I'll be watching that thing. So, uh, moving on from there, Tennessee has hired a new AD, and, boy, you were dead on when you said that it shouldn't take that long. Uh, They hired Danny White, the AD at UCF. And, man, let me tell you, uh, this took, like, what, a couple of days? Yeah. I mean it was, it was I just don't no understand
1: time. why people freaked out I just don't I, I just don't this is a this is a really good job this guy left an amazing job okay yes an and amazing they paid job for they, Tennessee.
2: they paid him and they gave him an extended contract uh yeah a making long like deal 1.8 million per year yep. as an ad is insane
1: yeah. almost almost doubled his deal because he was making right at a million dollars at UCF yep really really so. good stuff um, and I think I think he's a good hire. I think he's a, well not a good hire. I think he's a great hire. I think he's a fantastic AD. I think I'd have done a better job. That's fine. Okay.
2: Um, so Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, is uh, he is signed through June twenty twenty six. His salary goes from one point three million. Well, this was in twenty nineteen to one point five four million in the final year of the contract. So he's up to about one point four right now. It'll get all the way up to one point five four uh, already. Danny White comes in with a, a long contract making $1.8 million. That is
1: not bad. Well, that's where the next money is going to go because at some point in time, we're running out of places to put money, and they're not going to keep paying head coaches $10 million. Okay, that's just not going to happen. At some point in time, people are and they're not going to pay, you know, OCs and DCs, you know, $3 million. Like, at some point in time, they're drawing the line saying, we're just not doing that anymore.
2: Well, I mean, and you got to so, find the right AD, right? You, gotta where, right you got to find the right guy.
1: But even if they don't have the right guy, they're going to pay this guy. Oh, they're going to overpay them, so their their prices are going to start getting up there across the board because they're going to want to steal an AD from somebody else. It's going to happen, and and when they're when they're fired because they didn't do a good job, they're going to get their whole contract. And they're yeah. going to get it all paid because colleges, these people are using funny money. And, like, people talk about how, oh, well, the boosters, this is chump change, those billionaires. Those billionaire boosters aren't paying for this shit. TV money's paying for it. What are you talking about? You are correct. You are correct. Boosters have to give less now than they've ever had to give. Ever had to
2: give. Hey, Terry said even after Chris said he would do it for half the money, that's a dumb hire for Tennessee. What is,
1: me or or, Well, I
2: I don't know what he means by that. Terry, you're going to have to explain. Is it a dumb hire for Chris uh, or was it a dumb hire for Danny White? Um, <laughs> either way. I think mean, it would have
1: been an incredible value for me.
2: I think so as well. And I, I actually so. like,
1: the, I like the White hire a lot. I do like I mean, I, I think so, this guy's good.
2: I think this is one of those where you pay the AD a lot, and then you find well, a way, because he should be able to help negotiate these contracts with these coaches. He true. can find the diamonds in the rough. Like, his hires already uh, at, at other stops are, are paying dividends. I mean, it's just true. ridiculous. Uh, at Buffalo... White hired Bobby Hurley, and then he hired Nate Oates to replace him. Uh, they parlayed the uh, the success in those jobs to Arizona State and Alabama. Um, he hired Lance Leipold, or Leipold, whichever, however the pronunciation is. Um, and Buffalo is doing fantastic. But Leipold had won six NCAA Division Three national titles at Wisconsin-Whitewater, uh, but had never coached in D1 before White hired him. And then, of course, at UCF, White hired football coach Scott Frost, and then he replaced him with Josh Heupel, who is on kind of the downturn right now. Like it, obviously, this past year was not the way that he wanted to to handle things. But when I mean, he plays Cincinnati and BYU and all but that, I, like think, I think they're fine. By yes, the way. they're fine. And I think
1: Heupel's a really good coach, is so I'm not 20, worried about
2: that. Heupel is twenty eight and eight as a yeah, head I was coach. just about to say,
1: yeah. So Nick Saban's about the only person in the world that has a record better than him.
2: You got right? that right. On top of that. He is a fantastic marketer for his programs and you need that, especially right now at Tennessee. Now Tennessee, like they have got a massive, massive loyal fan base. Yes. And it doesn't matter if they're winning or losing or whatever, they are loyal to that school. Danny White is somebody that can go out and, and share a little positivity, right? He, so, he he is not afraid of being in front of a camera.
1: No, no, he's not. He's not. He's it so so Terry, I appreciate the support Terry Terry was saying they should oh, hire me. Which but yeah, they would have got me for basically a quarter of what they're paying White. 100%. Um, yeah. It. This is this is a world where nepotism is so rampant. While I like the hire of Danny White, I think his resume shows that he's really good at this job. Every damn member of his family is an athletic director somewhere, <laughs>
2: or or a coach. Mike White, of course, his brother is the uh, yeah. the coach at Florida. So I mean, he's
1: got brothers, sisters, father. Like you, you want to talk about nepotism? You talk about being born on third base. Now you're really good at your job, and that's fine. But but how does a bloke like me with no last name and no father get a get a spot?
2: Well, I mean, you could change your name to White.
1: I mean, I no, I would never do that. I've already changed the <laughs> words. So.
2: so I mean, Chris White. I mean, it's no, I, no, I I have a friend no. named Chris White actually. Now that I'm thinking about that. Uh, Chris Kennedy said, if Tennessee can get him from the West Coast, Danny White needs to pull a mile more and go get Chris Peterson. Um, I mean, if he can, sure. But uh, one guys. of the things that he is really good at is not overpaying he, for guys. He goes and finds he's gonna, guys.
1: He's going to find somebody that he's going to get on cheap.
2: Yeah, well, not not only on the cheap, but uh, but somebody that you may not think of right off the bat, but is going to end up being a really good hire. Like, a good, strong yeah. hire that's going to be worth the money when you end up paying him later and not right off the bat. Like, you're not just, you're not pouring, you know, a $12 million buyout into, you know, a Jeremy Pruitt with this guy. You're, you're going right. to find somebody that is an established head coach or it, because he doesn't have to hire assistants, you know, like he did at UCF. Like, it, it's just different. Uh, Kyle said, wait, you changed your name once? I need to know more about this.
1: Yeah, I used to be somebody else, Kyle. And... uh <laughs> My I was his name's my, always my been mom, Chris. Like my mom, yeah. My name's always Chris. My mom gave me my dad's last name. They were married when I was born, and and that was that. And then he skedaddled down the road and never to be seen or heard from again. And so I eventually, when I got old enough and had enough money, which that's a bullshit racket, by the way. Yep. Um, I found some attorney to take about thirty eight hundred dollars of bond to change my last name to my grandfather's name. There you go. There you go. Um, and it was a problem. Jesus. Hey,
2: Terry said, by the way, uh, Chris wouldn't be able to pull for LSU if he's the AD at Tennessee.
1: Could you that's do fine. that? That's fine. I could. Yeah, I could. Why not? Not could, when yeah, they play LSU, obviously. You got to you gotta go with who pays the checks.
2: Yes. Yes, you're 100% right. So, I, I think that's entirely possible. I mean, you know, you'll be around those guys all the time. I think it's easy to pull for people that you know. Right? Yeah. So, no, and you still no have a you, you still have a spot in your heart for LSU, and that's okay. Yeah. But that's easy. You know, I mean, my guy, uh, uh, it, Scott Woodward is the AD at LSU. Well, he was the AD yeah. at Texas A and M before that, but he was an LSU alum. Like, that's right. so it you can be an AD at Texas A and M. All these
1: people, eighty percent of these coaches, like played football at another school. So it's okay. <laughs>
2: Terry said the shit he got into back in high school made it where he had to change his name. Can't say anymore because of statute of limitations.
1: Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. And then and then and then Kyle said the same thing. So witness protection there. No, listen. <laughs> my people, my people, no. We if if they was gonna put me in witness witness protection, they would they wouldn't have given me this last name.
2: Now you you most certainly have that right. No, You've got people, that right. People
1: get put in witness protection because of my people.
2: So we just talked about a hiring. Uh, let's yeah. talk about a firing right quick.
1: This is the weirdest damn firing in the world. And I
2: don't, and I don't know that it's necessarily a firing. I think it was just like, all right, your contract's up, and we ain't renewing it kind of thing, which is a firing. But, like, you know, this is— How much pool does Larry—how
1: much How much pool does he have?
2: So, Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, uh, before we get this thing started, so that people know what we're talking about. Okay, uh, yeah. Larry Scott is the commissioner of the Pac-12, he has been for 11 years. It will end in June. That is his, his run, his era, all that, uh, gone in June. And already, John Wilner, who is the voice of the Pac-12, he is the the reporter that has all of the inside sources on this stuff. Uh, they are already looking into getting out of that, uh, that contract for rent that they've got out in San Francisco. Uh, they're going to be looking in Arizona, in Las Vegas, in all sorts of different places where it will be significantly cheaper than finding an office building in downtown San Francisco. Um, just ridiculous stuff, right? But yeah. on top of this, uh, so here's, here's what they said. Um, oh, the current contract was set to expire in June 2022. Instead, it's going to be June 30th of this year. Um, they said, We appreciate Larry's pioneering efforts in growing the conference by adding new competitive university programs and accelerating the Pac-12 to television network parity with the other conferences said University of Oregon President Michael Schill, the chair of the Pac-12 CEO group. At one point, our television agreement was the most lucrative in the nation, and the debut of the Pac-12 network helped deliver our championship brand to U.S. and global markets on a traditional uh, and digital platforms. That said, the intercollegiate athletics marketplace doesn't remain static, and now is a good time to bring in a new leader who will help us develop our go-forward strategy. Um, he's, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, at one point, they did have the most lucrative, but you could already tell. Like, their, their television contract was just set up at a different time period than all of the other ones. So, it was the first one that fell in line when all these new big deals popped up, and they did that's not right. get near enough money for it. And what he tried to do with the Pac-12 network was ridiculous. Like, yeah. he, they tried to make their own network without partnering with somebody that's already done it.
1: A a, a Fox, a CBS, ESPN, ESPN, ABC type deal,
2: yeah. Yeah, so they they tried to, and, and they thought that it was going to be more valuable for them because they would own all of the rights for all of their stuff. You can fix that in contracts. You see it with the SEC right now. You see it with the ACC, with their new network. You see it with the Big Ten, with their network, which is part of the Fox brand. Like, all of these different things. You can fix that a certain way. There is no value if nobody can see your channel or nobody can see your games. And and they thought that they would, well, he thought that being out in San Francisco around all the tech giants, Facebook, Amazon, Google, et cetera, et cetera, he thought that being around Because those them, guys are
1: jocks, right? Those guys are massive football fans, right?
2: The, the issue there, of course, is that they don't care about giving money to some athletic conference Uh, to to broadcast their games over streaming and whatever else. It hasn't come to fruition yet. Now, it might eventually, but it doesn't matter if you have an office building in the middle of San Francisco. That's not going to sell it to them.
1: Yeah, you can still make that deal having your building somewhere else.
2: Yes. Like, that's the thing. You're on the West Coast. It's West Coast schools. That's where most of the people out there went to school. Like, that's easy. That's an easy deal to get done whenever they decide that they want to get into it. But they haven't decided that they want to do that yet. Uh, I think they will eventually. But here's the deal. The next uh, TV contract comes up in 2024. Now is a good time to bring in somebody that understands that landscape. So they've already talked about Mike Oresco, who is the AAC commissioner. They talked about Greg Byrne, who is the University of Alabama athletic director. He was at Arizona before he was at Alabama. Um, he understands what the Pac-12 needs. And my God, uh, they whoever comes in is—he's got a lot to clean up. I will say that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, this guy's done a bad job. Not recently, he's been really bad at his job for like four years. That's where you really get things messed up. That's where you can set something back for a decade or two. Yes. Because it takes so long to to unscrew everything that person screwed up. If somebody's there for six months, if somebody's there for a year, year and a half, 18 months, you can can see they're bad, get rid of them, and it's a lot of work to clean up behind them. You got to clean up behind this guy almost half a decade of being real bad. When we had
2: had conference expansion, uh, he went after the big fish, right? He went after Oklahoma. He went after Texas. He was willing to take on Oklahoma State, like all this different stuff, right? But Texas decided not to do it. Oklahoma remained in the Big 12 with them, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it, it, when when expansion happened, he brought in Utah, which has worked out well, and he brought in Colorado, which kind of hasn't. Uh, but either way, it was about getting more more people for the network. And Utah and Colorado, not massive places, but Colorado, of course, worth more to their TV contracts than Utah was. Uh, Scott, who is now 56 years old, which is crazy. I, I felt like he was older than that, um, He was hired as commissioner of what was then the Pac-10 in July 2009. He had previously served as chairman and CEO of the Women's Tennis Association. So, you know, they they did build a a football championship game under him, so he will be remembered for that. Uh, He said those additions helped secure a 12-year, $3 billion media rights deal with Fox and ESPN that set the standard for college sports at the time. Uh, and they also agreed to equal revenue sharing for the first time under that new deal. It was a big deal at at first. And then everything else happened where you could get $3 billion over six years. You know, it, over over 12 years, uh, not that big of a deal anymore. Like, the Pac-12 has been left behind yes. by the SEC, the Big Ten, uh, and it's getting to the point where the ACC is, is up there as well. Uh, the Big 12, not quite there, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I would expect Gary, that we'll see it, more.
1: The truth is, the God-to-honest truth is, the American has passed them by. But we yeah. don't like to classify the American because we have a group of five and a power five, and we like that they're split up evenly, so somebody's got to sit at the kitty table. But because of our power five teams have such blue bloods in them, we'll never be able to relegate them down.
2: Well, so long as USC is in the Pac-12 uh that they're going to consider that a power conference, uh, I but the truth man. of the matter is that those schools were making about twenty-two million dollars a year off of athletics, off their TV deals and whatnot, and everybody else from the Big Twelve on up through the SEC, ACC, and Big uh, Big Ten were making you know $35, thirty-five, thirty-nine million yeah. and up. The the Big yeah. Ten last you're, year you're was talking, fifty yeah, something. You're talking million.
1: double. Double
2: the SEC going forward will be making what? What did we decide? Sixty-nine million to seventy million. I was about to say it was
1: sixty-five to seventy.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. Um, McKinnon said when that dude took over, the Pac-10 was still a respectable and legit conference. Now I truly wouldn't put them above any Power Five or the American. It's genuinely not close, which is baffling. Um, I will say this: like USC has caused a lot of that problem. As long as USC is good, everybody considers that conference to be pretty good. Uh, but that's what, a
1: terrible way of seeing it. The, I agree. the ACC is dog shit. Just because Clemson is one of the top four or five best teams in the country year in, year out, doesn't mean the rest of your conference gets to hang on to their swinging dick. That's not how it works. Well, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. you. Got here's, 13 here's the stepchildren and one big boy. Washington,
2: Congratulations. Washington, Oregon, uh, Stanford, etc. have all dropped off in recent years. Right? And, and, and Oregon's picking back up. And, and UFC
1: has dropped off. Um, but they're all dropped off.
2: All of them have dropped off. Uh, Oregon is kind of on the way back up, I would say. Eh. Okay. Uh, this year was not great for them, but obviously they had a ton of opt outs. Out yeah, I was say, do we year.
1: think they're going to be consistent, though? Would I, you trust them to win 10 games a year?
2: I would trust them. Yeah, I think so. I think I would trust uh, Oregon. I mean, if we get back to having, like, you know, three, you know, whatever non-conference games and whatnot. I mean, they still played nine Pac-12 games, but I... Kyle said, I'm a grower, not a shower. It doesn't swing, sadly. <laughs> um, I, I I would say this. They, everybody has fallen off, and the reason that they have fallen off is because you cannot get the talent out there because you don't have the same amount of money that all of those other power
1: money. five schools do. Money. And, and because isn't of the funny, location... is it funny that the more money teams have... For a school, for a business that doesn't pay the players, the teams with the most money get all the best players. It's it is
2: insane. Larry Scott made more money per year than any other money. Yeah, no, he he most certainly did, but the schools did not. The schools made less than every other Power Five team. Larry Scott was making over five million dollars a year as the commissioner of that conference. The closest one was what Jim Delaney at at what three almost three not quite three almost three. I mean that's insane. It's just nuts. It, it was poorly, poorly managed. Um, you know, it, it. Everybody. So it basically, this article from ESPN said his time will largely be defined by the launch of the Pac-12 network in 2012, uh, a network he,
1: that nobody has. Yeah,
2: that's the issue, right? I mean, it's just crazy. Like it. He. Uh, let's see. Between 2009 and 2019, Scott earned 36 million dollars, according to tax records. And assuming he has paid out the rest of his contract, which looks like that's what they're gonna do, he will have earned roughly fifty million dollars as the Pac 12 commissioner. That yeah. is insane. I mean I, I I don't know there's not a conference out there that has been more mismanaged than than this one. The money was going and everywhere made but fifty the
1: million dollars to screw up your whole enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And he's he's been real bad at it. Not only did you pay him fifty million dollars, but you also grossly overpaid. You pissed away well over a hundred million dollars on other people's salaries, overpaying them that are all bad at their jobs, and overpaying for a place to stay in San Francisco so this guy could hobnob with with the the tech industry. That's all he wanted. He wanted to well, be a big and, and big on shot. top of
2: that, when uh, when they would go out to Las Vegas for whether it was basketball tournaments or whatever else. Um, and they did just move the Pac-12 title game out to Vegas, so that you know that's good. I don't know that that was necessarily his call, but um, when he would go out to Vegas, they would choose the most ridiculously expensive yeah. hotels. And when I mean there were stories that John Wilner wrote about this that uh, would just make you shudder. When Why you think not? About it's that. not his money. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, it's insane. Yep. It's, it's just nuts to think about. Histori- so,
1: historically bad at his job. Uh, historically bad at his job. He created the worst of all of the networks. Congratulations. Yes. You created the Pac 12 network, hey, which but, nobody, but they, nobody gets your games. But hey, they own all their own rights. All Yay. Right. <laughs> You're going to pay for it like Netflix? You're just going to add another subscription thing? Uh,
2: I mean, it, it, how many people would actually buy it?
1: Well, none. None. Nobody. None. It's crazy. That's the answer. It's crazy to think about. Because if you're a big USC fan or you're a big, big Oregon fan, like one of these teams that actually has a real fan base, your games are going to be on ESPN or ABC or Fox. Yes, you're not worried about it. You don't care. You don't need to pay for it. Okay, so it's all the smaller schools that don't have massive football fan bases anyway. You think the Arizona fans are going to play to pay to watch the Wildcats play? No, no. Not now.
2: I mean, they they might have once upon a time, even early under uh, Rich Rodriguez. Like, they might have, but...
1: I don't know. Asking them to get another subscription when we've all... So many people have cut the cord, and now they all have so many damn subscriptions. Asking people to get another one's just insane right
2: now. That is one thing uh, that that we're noticing, and why I do think that streaming will become a a thing eventually. Um, And ESPN is, is moving in the right direction with ESPN Plus with this. Um, because, I mean, there's only like 79 million cable subscribers right now. Like at its peak, it was like 105 million. Yeah,
1: somewhere but on there. What, you, what you're going to run into is all these people. The networks that are going to print the money and the ones that are going to win are like your NBCs or your CBS. All and of them they, they have yeah. their own streaming. So we can air it out to the boxes or we can air it out to the, uh, streaming, to the service. streaming services. But that means now, now, now your games are going to be aired both ways. You are correct. So, those people are going to be able to offer the most amount of money because they're going to be able to be in front of the most amount of eyes. And most of those services, as of right now, the network streaming services are free.
2: Terry said, a big Arizona fan is going to be at the game, not watching it on a subscription.
1: Yeah. I mean, it... Yeah, the, the, the 60,000 Arizona fans will be there.
2: Yeah. No, I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree. All right. So, adios, Larry Scott. Uh, it was nice to, uh, to know you. Uh, hopefully... You know, we never hear from you in college athletics again. Because I can't what a believe are going to
1: let him stay until June. That's what's weird. You're, why are you going to pay this son of a bitch well, it, another six months? He's
2: uh, he's helping with the quote-unquote transition.
1: That's, that's not what you want. You don't want him to help with anything else ever again. Well, this but is but don't a problem. Forget, I need like, a Larry scott size hole in a window. He
2: was hired by the presidents of all those schools. They all like him. I know. He claims that, uh, that he... Uh, He said the uh, intercollegiate athletics marketplace doesn't remain static. Uh, No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's see. I've been in college athletics more than 10 years. Now's a great time in my life to pursue other exciting opportunities. This moment when college athletics are moving in a new direction and with the conference soon commencing the next round of media negotiations, it seems the right time to make a change. Um, He talked about uh, uh, how COVID kind of made him step back and look at things. Uh, I mean, yeah, like they're based in San Francisco. They can't do anything. And been able to go into the office, like, what are we talking about? You know, so Larry Scott, uh, you know, I I think that you did a terrible job. You you, know, you came out and you you went all guns ablazing blazing at first, and that's great. But uh, but this conference has been more mismanaged than any other conference, uh, in in all of uh, FBS, I think. Like it, yeah. it, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Terry said he's got to show the new guy how to fluff that money to get the best hotels and shit for himself. <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's so sad. So, all right. Uh, is there anything else that is that has popped up that we need to hit on?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think get so. Any new news.
2: Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump out of here. Hopefully, everybody has a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to uh, to jump in and subscribe to the channel, like the video, share the show out, all that good stuff. Jump into our mentions. Of course, we're on Twitter. I'm at Gary WCE.
1: I'm at Crispy Giannini. The only uh, update I got was Philip Rivers is set to meet with ESPN about the Monday Night Football job. Man, I'll he, tell you this. He, he might not be coaching at high school very long.
2: If I, if I was that high school, I'd be so mad. I'd be, Why? Because <laughs> he agreed to do it. Oh, like, who cares? I guess it, well, I guess there's no, it how was, dare, it was whenever he retires. We
1: expect, we expect this, this potential hall of fame quarterback to come coach our high school.
2: I think he'd be great on Monday Night Football, by the way.
1: Yes, I do too.
2: I think I do it. too. I think he'd kill it. Um, let's see. How can I, uh, how can I, I'm in damn quarantine for the next 10 days. <laughs> hey, you you'll be fine. Just stay home from work and chill. Uh, Akbar, of course, said, thank you guys. We appreciate that. Kyle said, great show, fellas. We like to hear appreciate the uh, the accolades. We like to hear the appreciation because we appreciate you guys as well. So <laughs> yeah. thank you for everybody that jumped into the chat today. Share the show out. Tell your friends, all that good stuff. If you missed any of this show, you can always grab it on the podcast. Afterwards, I will have it up on the feed very, very shortly after this. Uh, next week, we will be moving to two podcasts and one live show uh, each week. So we are we are moving much more towards podcasts. We will be doing, of course, the video stuff for SBR and whatnot. We will be doing one uh, live video show for Winning Cures Everything here. Uh, but we're we going to change things up a little bit, see what we can do. We hope that you all will join us over on the podcast for sure. So lots we more podcasts. We definitely have
1: to you. boost the podcast numbers. So yes.
2: yes, we do. There. We would appreciate that. So, again, winningcureseverything.com sbrpickscom slash NCAF, uh, RIP to old Sookie dog, RIP to hammer and Hank Aaron. Um, hopefully they don't come in threes this time. That's about all the loss I need for this weekend. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll get us a Conor McGregor victory so that we can all cash some tickets on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> Terry said, fix the commercials on the podcast about blew my damn ear out. I'll, uh, I'll check into that. I don't know what's up with that. So either way, um, yes. So let's, let's get out of here. You guys take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, we can cash some tickets this weekend. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Cures at GaryWCE, or at Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.